0: The politicians keep politicking before you turn to excessive drinking spend some time collectively politickering with the show where I don't know man Cuz the truth is I don't know man I just I don't know man.
1: And welcome to another episode of Politinkering. Tinkering. Sean Faw. With us as always, is Mr. Sean Fa. Hello. And we have a special guest today, Mr. Derek Laporte. There you go. There they, there, there they come. There they come. There's the applause. It's so, a uh, mild yeah. smattering. Yes. We, that's nice to hear Couple our guests in applause. I appreciate that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we are not joined today by Mr. Sean O'Brien. <laughs> he is not here. That's all there
2: is to it. He's absent. He's gone, and there's nothing we can do. I I (laughs) went AWOL.
1: (laughs) I actually
3: have a a new watch, though, that will also... It is 2035. Yeah. so That's pretty good. It it talks... um, It's from, like, 1980-something. You're in military time? Yeah. (laughs) I made fun of of him for
2: that. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a personal choice, or is that the
3: choice of the watch? No. Well, that's a personal choice. Also, also, uh, it's not only military time, but internationally, they use it a lot. Mm. So... Like Mm -hmm. other other countries, like South America.
2: Like ones that use the metric system that don't want to argue about AM versus PM. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Want to just say a number and then that's it. Certainly a smart choice. It just means I always have to do math in my head. Anything past 12, 12, you got a minus two. I feel like
1: that's very on brand for you, Derek, because you seem like a man of the world yeah i well i try to be you know i try to be <laughs> a You're worldly gen- a worldly gentleman, gentleman. knowledgeable yeah. of the different worlds and the world con- countries other worlds <laughs> <laughs> there's other places and such
2: i've been to mexico is that it that's love tijuana in canada oh my god where in <laughs> canada have you been to? vancouver that's it yeah i mean that crest- was on my way to alaska <laughs>
1: Let's
3: not forget there are people in America who've never been outside of true. Oh, their hometown, the US, you like, you know? yeah, like, or outside of totally. their hometown,
2: yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, Creepy bastards. You've
3: been to a lot of places, Derek. Uh, I've been to a ha- smattering. Of have places, you been you to a. every continent? Um, mm, not yeah. not technically. Um well, I don't know. On this show, do we count Australia as a continent? Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay so not, at least. not not, not mm-hmm. every yeah not <laughs> not technically Oceania. Yeah, no. Were you you were in Indonesia? Right? I was in Indonesia, which counts as Asia, I guess. Pretty close.
2: Yeah, I guess. I guess we'll count that as Asia. And I so, say it's close enough. I know yeah. so little about geography that I would have known. I assumed it was in Asia <laughs> unless you said something else.
3: Oh, and I haven't <laughs> been to Africa
2: too. So you have? Mm. I have not. Oh, okay. Uh, no,
3: I've been to Europe. Uh, not e- even Indonesia. like anything
2: that like closely counts, like Egypt or anything like that.
3: No. Yeah, nothing that really.
2: counts. Uh-huh.
1: Taiwan. Uh, Israel didn't didn't. How are you go in Taipei? To,
3: yeah, yeah. Actually, that's right. I did go to Taipei. Yeah, <laughs> spent a whole How
1: night. How fucked in- up were you? <laughs> <laughs> spent a whole
3: night in Taipei. Well, I I, I was like, it was what like about um, B? I had let's see. So I had a. It was on the way to Indonesia. I was in in Taipei, and it was okay. like an overnight thing. And I took a tour, and I just tried. I decided not to sleep until I got to Indonesia. Hmm. So I was up for probably thirty six hours. I would wow. say. So, hmm. I, I mean, I remember some of it, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely was kind of, like, tired when I was Okay. <laughs> but How
1: about—so, uh, tell us about Tijuana, Sean. Yeah. I want to hear Tijuana stories.
3: Oh, geez. Tijuana um, stories.
1: Here we go. Uh,
2: that was when I still lived in Chicago, and uh, a buddy of mine's dad moved to San Diego, so we were, like, still underage. So we okay. went to San Diego, and, like, the only thing we could really do was go down to Tijuana to drink. Of course. I mean, you know, when you're, like, 1920 and you don't have a fake ID, it's pretty, uh, pretty useless to be in L.A. or San Diego, for that matter.
1: Um, yeah, I guess I should say where I've been. I haven't been too many. Um, although Israel counts as Asia, I guess, technically. Really? So Asia? It's like, yeah, because it's not Africa. Huh.
2: Right? I uh, I guess it rains. The mm. Middle
1: East is Asia, so I, yeah. I guess I get to claim that. Hmm. So, you know, fuck you.
2: <laughs> sure uh
1: so yeah israel and um i haven't been to south america which i want to go um i've been to mexico but not really nogales is pretty much tijuana of arizona hmm. and then canada.
2: Canada. Can- canada canada
1: in the philadelphia accent <laughs> <laughs> um so i haven't been oh no i've been to europe too i forgot about that whole europe thing i went to europe for like a couple weeks as was like a Backpacking trip. So stereotypical. uh, I know. I didn't. Yeah, I want to admit that.
2: I went backpacking across Europe.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How many? How many places did you make it to? Backpacking. I I made it to a good amount because I was like three days in every city. It was like I was started in London, went to uh, Paris, um, then to uh, Madrid, and then Barcelona. We went back up to Switzerland, and then sorry, Italy, and then um, Greece, and then I had to fly home to. Paris and then back to Philly.
2: Yeah, that strikes me as there's a a very... Severe difference between the idea of backpacking across Europe and backpacking across the United States. <laughs> That's so yeah. true. When it's people true. say they're backpacking across the United States, they usually mean they're like they're hiking that. Yeah, uh, living out it, of their pack and it, like well, yeah, in the doing. The, what that is, that, is it the John Muir Trail? Sure, or or, mm-hmm. Appalachian Trail. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, but yeah, you're you know just walking across the entire country, whereas like <laughs> backpacking through Europe usually means staying in hostels. Totally. And, like, That's uh, exactly. <laughs> just, right. You know your your suitcase. It just happens to be
1: a Backpack. And That's your, funny. It's all in name. Yeah, totally. Just it could be a suitcase. You could still
2: call it backpack.
1: Anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's weird to walk around with a suitcase.
1: Derek, I thought it was interesting because recently came, the list came out with the most happiest countries. Did you read, Did you hear this list? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen this, and heard about uh, this? Have you heard about this? Yeah. Tell 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 us about it. So it was also yeah. a, a bunch of podcasts and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So um, I think the happiest was Norway. And then the second, I forget, what was the second. I thought it was but, like
2: Denmark or something. Yeah,
1: it's, there's a lot of the predictable ones. Yeah, you'll look it up. But I think it's like you know Switzerland, Denmark, and Sweden, and Finland, and that mm. and such. Um, and Iceland, I think, is one big one. Um, but I don't know. Do you, what What have you been? What country have you been to that we'd say is the happiest? If you could put a um, finger on it.
3: Well, I did. I did go to Copenhagen. Oh, so, okay. So I did go. To, you know, Denmark. So. Um, so obviously there, uh, there's a lot of, uh, amazing freedoms that I guess you could say that they have. And it's, it does seem like, like, uh, just visiting there is kind of expensive. Like mm-hmm. it's cheap to fly there. Like if you're, if you're flying, uh, from the U S to, to, um, anywhere in Europe, mm-hmm. you're going to find the cheapest flights go to Copenhagen, uh, so it's cheap to go, like, to fly there. But then once you're there, everything's kind of expensive there. Food's expensive, kind of everything. The dollar doesn't go very well against the kroner that they've got there. Sure. Um, so <clears throat> so they they all, like, they all seem, everybody's well-dressed. Everybody's, like like, everybody seems like upper echelon people when you're there, basically. <laughs> okay. Like, everybody's, like... Middle class and up. There's you don't
1: see interesting.
3: You don't see many like like you don't see any homeless people there or anything. I mean, I'm sure it exists. And this, this was stuff, Copenhagen, which I'm this is assuming Copenhagen. is their biggest city. Yeah, right? it's their biggest city. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I I guess that I mean, I still I still think that of the places that I went over in Europe, they all ha- kind of have a different flavor to them, so to speak. But sure. uh, everybody seemed. Happy that I could tell, like happier than
2: the average person seems to be here, right? Hmm. Um, but I mean, here is relative, so yeah, that's you know, true. the happiness of L.A. is yeah. not necessarily the happiness of yeah. Iowa, which is not the happiness I would say, of New I would say York.
3: there's not a whole lot of
2: happiness in L.A. In general, I, I think contentment <laughs> is the wor- is the most we can hope for here. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it's not to say that we are, uh, you know, New York though. So no. you know, New York seems much less happy than we are here. We at That's least true. Maybe we're faking happy. We're it's faking a false a Good smile. weather. Oh, we're faking yeah. happy. It's a yeah, false yeah, smile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, I've definitely been to places where you know happiness. It was uh, far exceeded, you know. Yeah. I mean, it seems like smaller, more rural communities. I don't know if they're faking it better than L.A., but uh, it's it seems you know the more the more urban a area gets, the more uh, happiness declines. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay, I, I tend to agree. I, maybe that's just because people. I don't know. It depends. I think it's a kind of a personal thing, but you know, person to person, to person, but. Yeah. It, you may be just simple poverty. It's just social economic it's sure. just, in the cities. It's mm-hmm. it's more poverty than there is in the rural areas.
2: Well, I mean, you know, it, there is a a a section or a swath of rural communities that poverty is not necessarily akin to being unhappy. Um, you know, just because they're poor doesn't mean sure. that they're necessarily not having an, an enjoyable life. Yeah, totally. right. So right. I, it it is something that's hard to gauge. And one of the things to understand about this uh, this happiness ranking thing is that it's ranked on some, not necessary. It's, it's not that they went around and asked people if they were happy, they were rating things based on what they would consider to make people happy. So it's raised, rated on like the per capita income and the, uh, you know, uh, what is it, education system scores and uh, just, you know, kind of general things. It's not like, it's not a survey of who is the happiest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna have to have a question here because O'Brien's probably like killing me that we didn't ask a question in the beginning. Jesus, I assumed you did. Uh, yeah, I was uh, <laughs> You can't depend on me for that kind of yeah. thing. I told you, I drive <laughs> off the road.
2: Sorry, Sean.
1: Yeah, but uh, so I guess I'm gonna try to say, what makes us the happiest? Is that possible?
2: Jesus, man. Okay. Have some cojones. What makes us. now you happy. know what? Say it with confidence. I don't even like sell that it. one either.
1: I don't. I'm not gonna sell that one. I'm gonna. Well, I, it's also a what is happening because I do want to just talk about the news and stuff like that and go off on that stuff, but O'Brien oh, doesn't want us to. I do mean, that I mean, I don't
3: necessarily. I I think your question has some good stuff in it there. It's I, I mean,
2: I just wanted you to phrase it more you, confidently.
3: Yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah, you could even say like, for instance, do you like? Okay, so do we think that our happiness is based upon uh, how we feel in our jobs?
2: Or yeah, just in general,
3: what's happening just is in based in general. on. Okay, yeah. what's it based on, right? That's mm-hmm. true. Is it so? Th- there's elements, right? There's probably well, job elements, and there's you know, there's okay. got to be elements to it, right? Sure.
2: Yeah, so I mean, is it, it basically is this. This ranking, uh, is it even valid for what we call happiness? Is happiness the right moniker for for what this is? I mean, this is, you know, a score of more so the most, um, I don't know if we want to say civilized countries, or the most uh, sort of, um, you know, westernized and cultured, uh, you know, because we're rating things like education system, we're rating things like healthcare, yeah. life expectancy, you know, just because you live a long life doesn't necessarily mean that you lived a happy life. So so you know, what is it that is? Uh, w- what is it that we should be rating happiness on? How how would uh, we judge the happiness of one society versus another? Does it say the things in that list? Ah, uh, yeah, basically everything I listed off: the oh, per okay. capita income, social support, health, life expense expectancy, freedom to make choices, uh, generosity, trust, and dystopia.
1: Trust and dystopia.
2: Yeah. Hmm. So they have like weird ways. Where are we of
1: like, on that list? <laughs> yeah.
2: They have weird ways of calculating everything. Uh, if you want me to, uh, let's see, if we rank by uh, trust. So as a,
1: I'm pretty sure we're 14, right? U.S. Yeah, is 14. yeah we're
2: 14 in happiness, this overall sort of happiness report thing.
1: Okay. Interesting. What, do, what's the
2: one above us and below us?
1: <laughs> That's a great point. What do we beat? Uh, yeah. What do we?
2: What do we beat? What's right below us? Canada's right right. I'm sorry. Australia's right above us. Fuck. Australia oh, is no. 13. No. Shit. Ireland no, is 15. <laughs> okay. Ireland is 15. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We no, we okay. are happier than Ireland, wow. Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg, the United Kingdom. <laughs> Wait. We're happier than Luxembourg? <laughs> we are. Hmm. Apparently, That's we're surprising. supposed to be happier. That's
1: surprising. You think that they'd is be fucking surprising. happy?
2: It's so small. Yeah. Right. Canada's number 7.
1: Fuck. Wow. <laughs> kicking our ass.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, socialized medicine will do that for people, you know. It's a it's, it's I think one it's a little less more th- than that, but well, yeah. Well, no, no, I'm just saying it's like one less thing to worry about. They are they're just yeah. a more socialized society in general, so your your lower classes are going to have less to worry about, thus being slightly happier maybe. Yeah. I I, th- think, I think that's true. I like, think that's totally to true. About. I think
1: there's also an element of weather. You know, the colder climate you are sometimes the more mellow and plotting you are other than like the, the hotter te- you know what I mean the hotter temperatures the more oh this gets passionate.
2: into some, some extreme sociology I thought that was there. true I thought that was kind of true oh very much so so the, the, I mean there is a um, kind of a, a general wrong a, to say that was <laughs> it racist well that, the that's same? the thing then there there is definitely evidence and a general theory that the societies that are closer to the equator are less um, less long thinking societies we'll hmm. say so they are less likely to be industrialized they are less likely to be agriculturalized because they had nicer weather all year round. So there was no reason for them to, you know, it's kind of the uh, yeah. the ant and the grasshopper I thing. I think, yeah, it's like, a, it's like
1: almost a spoiled kid. It's exactly. Like they yeah, never learned how to There's always work food. There's hard. always
2: something to hunt. There's always things that are blooming and always, you know, food around. Whereas, you know, the, the northern and southern climes when you get into snow, if it snows for, you know, half of your year, you have to spend half of your time planning for that. And then, you know, industry and civilization kind of blooms hmm.
1: that's actually really fucking interesting now that I think about it um, yeah well I'm trying to spin this to the news Jesus Christ and do you want me to do that I mean is that okay
2: you're driving man
1: yeah but I don't want to upset you can you, can you just segue?
2: Can you just whoosh?
1: I was going to, there? but it was going to be clunky as hell.
2: Okay. I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm losing confidence in my driver by the second, sir.
1: Ask a question where our answer will
3: lead into a segue. That's,
1: that's,
2: <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> uh,
1: okay.
2: Jesus uh, what's your... Uh, what's Welcome to Podcasting 101. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> You've only been doing it for a year and a half. <laughs> I just know how to rant. That's all I know how to do is
1: just go off. Okay, whatever. Let me go off. Uh, North Korea. Okay, how about that? You go off
3: and, and then What's
1: <laughs> about North Korea? <laughs> yeah, they, where, where are they on that chart of happiness, huh? I would say they must be. That's a great way to continue it. Thank you. Uh, I would say they're 150 or somewhere like that. Out of like how many countries are they, they even even on there? they got to be last.
2: Uh, they got to be dead last. There are 155 countries on here. Maybe mm-hmm. they,
1: they might be. If they're not dead last, I would say they're bottom four. They gotta be going for... I mean, who wins the Razzie, though? Let's talk yeah, about the worst.
3: The worst? Yeah, who wins? Jeez, I don't... I, there's... I, I mean, all of those that have, like... Uh, North
2: Korea does not seem to be on the list. North Korea's not on the list. <laughs> okay, who's the bottom? Who's the bottom on the list? Uh, if so, we, the number, least happy. Hold yeah. on, let me guess.
1: Let me guess. Hold on, let me think about this.
2: Number 155.
1: Number 155. I'm gonna guess... Sudan?
2: Uh, I, it's a some, good guess. I, Libya, I Libya no is a idea. good guess too. Yeah. Yeah. I what about you? I, sir? I, I don't even want to guess. <laughs> All right. So we'll go through the, gonna, the. How bo- about Yemen?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yemen. We,
2: it's got to be pretty bad. <laughs> uh, We're bombing them. Uh, Yemen's down there. Uh, so I'll start at Yemen. Okay. Yemen, is okay. Yemen is number 146. How many?
1: Yeah. Uh, what's the worst? How many? 155. Are there? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah.
2: Wow. So going uh, descending from Yemen, we have South Sudan, Liberia, Guyana, Togo. Togo? That's a country? Yeah, Africa. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rwanda, Syria, Tanzania, Burundi, and Central African Republic. Central so, America. like, pretty much the bottom of this list is how all Africa. How, how do we miss Massive Syria. amounts Jesus. of corruption in, oh, in, in, in yeah. most of those, you know. Totally.
1: But near the equator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, true. Right, that's true. Good point. Um, well, let's see. Talk about the least happy. I was going to go to North Korea, uh, but also Russia, too, you know? Russia's been in the news, boys. Yeah. There was a big di- big news stuff on Monday with James Comey testifying. Did you guys watch that?
2: Have you seen this? Have you heard about this?: I, I, I have not seen this. No. I,
1: Tell I, us about it.
2: Russia is number 56.:
1: OK, wow. That's actually <laughs> higher than I yeah. would yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Damn. There are people who really. I don't They're I don't-
2: just above Poland and just below Moldova.
1: Uh, Poland's not in great shakes either.
2: <laughs> OK, Wait.
1: Uh, but they're
2: above South Korea. South Korea's wow. 58 really hmm. yeah well, that's
1: also because of the recent corruption stuff yeah yeah. and don't forget South Korea was under a military dictatorship in all but name up until the 80s late 80s maybe hmm. um, I was talking about it last time
2: with South Korea how could I forget something I never knew uh, that's a whole other episode I can't go into that wow that's deep <laughs> it's the meaning of meaning oh god I fucking hate you so much <laughs> not as much as you hate to listen to that episode that was so heart-
1: painful <laughs> Um, so, Almost as much as this. <laughs> this is painful for me. This is pretty painful. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what's painful <laughs> is thinking about the future. to me, it's painful. I got to say, I'm... When I was driving here, there was a huge storm with, like, lightning and thunder, and I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh, that's a bad omen. <laughs> Not just because I'm, like, I'm about to rant about, like, real bad stuff that's happening yeah. in the world. I really, everywhere I look, it feels like democracy is crumbling, and I'm like, oh, no, the world, is, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Like, I really do kind of, uh, everywhere I look, I'm, like, looking for another place. I'm like, oh, maybe there's some optimism here. And then I see, you know, like, Putin's money or something, and then I see another dictator, another person winning, you know, Marine Le Pen doing... Doing well, in the polls. So, I mean, it's like everywhere I look, it's just, you know, democracy is crumbling and authoritarianism is on the rise. Do you guys feel the same way?
2: No, but uh, that is basically how I felt for the last. 25 years. So, you know, this is just a, uh, I I guess I'm just well-worn with this, uh, uh, cloak of darkness. (laughs) Um, I, it's just something that I have come to understand as the truth of society, but more so what, what should we do now that people are getting woke?
1: Well, what do you mean? Do you mean they're getting more educated to the world and reading news and stuff?
2: Well, it seems that the vast majority of society, or at least American society, has recently come more around to my line of thinking, which is that everything is fucked. Um, So what do we do?
1: I don't think it's necessarily that everything is fucked. I I do think that is occurring as a side effect of people simply becoming more invested and educated in, in our world and government. Which is really amazing. I got to be honest. It's it's the it's the horrible side effect of Trump winning presidency is that you have people that know so much information about the government that they never knew. Mm-hmm. They, they know the First Amendment. They know the Second Amendment. Where they know who the Attorney General is. Like that's crazy. People now, yeah. people can name. I would say way more Supreme Justices than they could before. The fact that like. No one gave a shit about the Supreme Court before. and Now they can name all the Supreme Court justices and shit like that. And, and who's the swing vote and stuff like that. That's crazy. I think that just the average person's intelligence has gone so far up. And this is actually a good sign for humanity. So if I can pull out a piece of optimism, I would say.
2: Oh, that, that's that been my my optimistic viewpoint since Trump was appointed, that it would hopefully bring more people out. But the counterpoint to that, unfortunately, is the most recent election we've had in L.A., where 11 percent of eligible voters turned out to actually vote. Wow. <laughs>
1: that's embarrassing. Well, I also blame them, like, an adver- they should have some sort of advertising campaign and spend some money a little bit on
2: Dude, it. Dude, I got a fucking stack of fucking propaganda that, you know— Did you vote? Yeah. I thought, oh,
1: you're in LA. Yeah. Okay, I'm in Burbank. We're on our own oh, little bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah. You
2: guys do your own thing.
1: It's so weird in Burbank.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that's why I see the signs on my way to work. Okay, you guys have your own elections. And yeah, your own we have shit. our
1: own little thing. It's, yeah. It's not that big of a place. They're so <laughs> douchey, especially when you have to drive down my street and all of them Jesus. are blocked off. Oh, my God. Just
2: because the right. yuppies- Are you trying to inspire a rant here?
1: <laughs> I, but the thing is, I agree with you on the rant, so I have no
2: problem with you going off. Oh, my God. He lives in this, like, prissy little neighborhood that, like, uh, used to be connected to the main thoroughfare through Burbank. And now they have erected a, uh, basically, barriers on each side street. So no one's allowed to drive through their fancy little neighborhood, which is basically just, like, you know, two-bedroom craftsman houses. Go fuck yourself with your... 1 million dollar fucking two bedroom house.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, that felt good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Is everyone ready? So, yeah, really No, yeah.
1: LA is uh <laughs> I, I 100% am on board with what he says. Yeah. Yeah. Um speaking of rants, Derek, I want to use you I want to use this point to to pivot to a rant that you have about um Mr. TP toilet oh, toilet, toilet paper. Toilet, oh, toilet Jesus. paper, Mr. Yeah. toilet paper. What do you have against
2: they don't I, see pee pee. I don't know, what's
1: your big deal with toilet paper? Because I share yeah. in your anger, I think.
3: Well, I, I think it has to go over. Like oh.
2: it's over the top. Oh, we're talking about the hanging of the toilet yeah. paper? Uh, I think this yeah, is go not
1: even, uh, this is akin to climate change in my mind, that yeah. 99% of scientists agree that over <clears throat> is the way to go. There's consensus. Mm-hmm. You agree, Sean Fa?
2: Um, yes, but I will throw out, you know, as is my want to be the uh, the contrarian of the group. Um oh, I'm from... <laughs> shocked. You're an underboy. <laughs> no, I am I'm definitely over. Um, but when I uh, uh, acquired Mr. Yuri Gagarin, the cat, um, one of the things that had uh, been brought to my attention is that cats tend to like the mm-hmm. overhand so that they can paw at it and uh... leave you a giant pile of toilet paper. So people with <laughs> cats tend to turn their toilet paper back. So when the cat paws at it, it just keeps spinning around rather than ending up on the floor. So
3: in other words, cats are messing this up for all of us. Mostly, basically. yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, Mr. Yager and the cat, though, does not seem to care about toilet oh, paper at all. Okay. So I've been Good. able to maintain my overhand uh, uh, preference. Now,
1: yeah. I do want to introduce an invention about that would, that would solve this problem. Mm-hmm. It is the flap that covers the top of the toilet paper. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. That would clearly yeah, shield the cat from touching. the I toilet mean, that's paper. like another like thing I got to get to. Like I already yell at you guys for putting the fucking toilet seat down. Now I got to lift up the thing to to get at my toilet paper. I don't know. I don't we like save extra this one there. when O'Brien's here because <laughs> well, it's <laughs> a two versus one. But yeah, no, no, it's no, no, no.
3: perfect. It's a it's this is a great segue into 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 kind of one of my little bit of rants that I want to kind of bring up By a little means, bit. It's Please. Um, and it's going to eventually get political so bear with me. <laughs> wow, bit. thank what you. <laughs> um, yeah, cuz it is a political show. So <laughs> it's kind of got um, yeah, Says so, um, O'Brien. So yeah, obviously there's two ways not to a new do show. there's two ways to do toilet paper. I'm sure there's some people who turn it on its side. Okay, but we're talking about just inside Sorry? the thing. There's two what ways. Kind of, no, like cr- on the back of the toilet. Sociopath. No, no. But I mean, there's <laughs> right, you know, I'm with a, you. I mean, there is a third <laughs> the, option. The, the lazy man's but option normally, of not refilling the roll. Yes. yes, normally it's a binary option, mm-hmm. right? There's two ways to do it, yeah. right? So interesting. You guys know how you guys know how the binary system came about, correct? Mm-hmm. That uh, I'm
1: assuming, uh, Mr. Turing or something.
0: No, well,
3: <laughs> so the modern binary system was, uh, and we're talking about like binary numbers, zero, mm-hmm. one, one, zero, zero, one, one, yeah. yeah, in the, in yeah. power of, two.
1: <laughs> Sean just became uh. the computer, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, so, it, one it nine, was, uh,
3: uh Gottfried uh, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing his name wrong, uh, Leibniz, hmm. in 1679, and he actually adapted it sort of from – because obviously, like, Egyptians had a version of this, like, way back, and mm-hmm. so did the Chinese. And he adopted it primarily from the Chinese Isn't system. is that basically the,
2: how, like, an abacus works? Uh,
3: yeah, basically. Uh, he, he adopted it from the uh, I Ching hmm. system, right, which is – which we're familiar with mm-hmm. the yin and yang, right? Sure. And the concept of yin and yang. Mm-hmm. But in the Chinese system of yin and yang, there's that concept that the two make a whole. Correct? Mm. That you have to have both of these things. You need all
2: parts to you need all parts. Yeah. Uh
3: when we attribute it though, like and and binary systems are all around us, right? Mm-hmm. Even in even we have a two party system here. We have a binary system. <laughs> Don't get <in> started. Politics, <laughs> basically. Basically because there's only two two parties which are really in power right now. Sure. And and I think that I think that I think that we have kind of adapted these binary systems, too, are more like our mentality now. So, like, uh, like for instance, that I Ching system, the yin and yang, where you have the two, and then you, the two things make a whole, right? Okay. Where you have good and bad, but then there's—it's not really good and bad, right? It's just—it's kind of because you have to have both. Mm-hmm. We don't—like, ha- because of, you know, our good and evil concepts here, This our westernized society— we always have to demonize the opposite.
2: You sure. know what I mean? Hmm. We're always... The sense of other.
3: Right. The sense of other is always uh, negative, and our, our sense of self is always positive. And I think that this kind of thing, in general, is not the way it actually started, you know? This is not the way binary systems started. Okay. Um so what do you think about that, Joey? <laughs> well, do you have I thought some you're, thoughts? I thought you were going to turn it to a
1: politics well, thing. Well, yeah, it is politics, though, right? Because we have a two-party system. Do I think the two-party system is embedded in America? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think Americans have gradually, over time, because of their obsession with victory and glory, like most countries, uh, have obsessed with winners so yeah. we and with capitalism in general, it's kind of winners and losers. So it's always we're searching for that one winner, and obviously because of any empire has leads to hero worship, we're going to have heroes. So we have specific winners, specific losers, and heroes like gladiators and such. It's very Roman. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's interesting. It's showing like a really uh, a decline, I guess, in our. Humanity, I guess, in some ways, because we're not able to see any nuance. I think that's a shame, and I agree that there should be a third party. Uh, but the system needs overhaul. Um, I don't know how it's going to happen. I would say, if, if, if Sean, I know you have an idea about third party, but let me just put put it to you. Instead of, I'm just putting that idea out there. Instead of having the third party being in the, on the left, far left or far right, could it be in the middle? Could we have a centrist party in addition to? The Democrats and Republicans?
2: Well, I've brought it up many times before on the various shows here. Um, one of my favorite uh, YouTubers and podcasters, uh, Mr. CGP Gray, um, if you are unfamiliar, you should check out his video series. Uh, lots of good information there. But one of the um, series, or one of the sort of strings of videos he's done has been about elections. And basically, it is mathematically provable that with our first-past-the-post voting system, there is no no possibility other than devolving into a two-party system. Mm -hmm. Basically, the way that things get divided, the way that people tend to vote, even if we started with 30 parties over a series of elections, we would whittle down to two. two. Yeah. So the solution that he has proposed, and I I think is a a really decent solution, it seems to work on a lot of levels, is the idea of ranked voting. So if there are a a multitude of candidates for something, you would not just go in and vote for your your favorite person you would go in and vote for your favorite your second favorite your third your fourth your fifth and then basically we get to a place where the the person that the most number of people are okay with ends up in office rather than the person that you know the larger percentage uh wholeheartedly backs so it it is a system that will allow for those those other parties to exist and allow for people to actually make a conscious decision um outside of that i would be in favor of just banning parties altogether but that seems like regardless it's going to devolve into two parties anyway so washington said that yeah it was inevitable essentially with the with the system that we have yeah
1: he didn't want any parties yep um and it was a warning. Hey, I no think party I think, uh, like the Washington party. And we keep going back to also Eisenhower's warning. It's like we had these like few warnings, yep. uh, and and these presidents kind of knew ahead of time the problems that would occur.
2: Totally, but they couldn't He's tell headed. us until they were like leaving office. Essentially, that's I mean. totally
1: true. By the way, have you guys heard JFK's speech? Uh, I, I thought there's, I'm, there's many. Well, I'm sorry, I'm talking referring to his last final speech about like uh, the CIA and like the the shadowy. Um, the, this like this like uh, what's it called the secret organizations and stuff like that.
2: Oh god, man! It's very conspiratorial. Yeah.
1: I'm surprised you haven't. Oh, no, but no, it's creepy I mean, that a president talks about this yeah. stuff, like and in in and in office. It, I mean, it's it's akin to some like some stuff Trump would do.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing about uh, JFK is that there was, you know, er- everyone just kind of uh, dismisses the conspiracy theory, but there was like a lot of fucking reasons that they, the powers that be, would want to get away, get do away with him. Um, you know, one of the big things was the silver certificates. Um, you know, uh, some of you out there may be holding onto these uh, these silver certificate printed dollar bills that have the little <coughs> red emblem on them instead of the green emblem, and that literally means that that dollar was back buy an ounce of silver. And so that dollar is worth far more in silver today than it was. And that was basically uh, uh, Kennedy's attempt to get us back onto some sort of a standard. Um, this was after we had gone off the gold standard and he was trying to get us back to some sort of financial stability. But then, you know, the the banking powers that be that want to be able to do fractional reserve, that want to be able to loan you 10, 10 times what they have in their banks, they are certainly against that, because if they have to have silver behind every dollar that they issue or loan, then there's, they're not going to be able to continue to do business as they do.
1: Um, so this is something – <laughs> I no, no. I, I actually – I I don't disagree there. I just want to think about conspiracy theories in general and how they've changed over time. Mm -hmm. I think I've said this before. And I'm willing to buy more about conspiracy theories that took place farther and farther away from the 90s (laughs) because the 90s was a...
2: Where you remember? No, no, no.
1: It's because of... And not just the 90s, and the early 2000s, because that's when we really started having mass surveillance and more transparency that was more difficult to hide. And I think we're seeing this now with Russia. And we're seeing that basically any sort of hacking... Any sort of cyber spying, any sort of creepy conspiratorial thing that happens is happening over the internet, and all of that stuff has a footprint. And with the internet, the thing, not though. everything, but not, not everything. Hold on, but 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 the fact is, it's different than before, where there was no internet, no nothing, no no technology. Everything was man to man and on a piece of paper that they could shred and burn. So it seems like there was a lot more stuff that was able to be covered up. Whereas now, I find cover-ups so much more difficult to occur and, and our government is way bigger than it ever was in the 60s and 70s.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, certainly that's why there's not as many conspiracies now as much, you know, as the, the idea is that they are kind of exposed immediately. And so we are we are kind of seeing them unfold rather than being unveiled 20 years later, you know? it is uh, That's just... amazing to think about, actually. <laughs> Honestly, I agree. We're just digesting it in real time, Yeah, I think
1: it's—and this Russia thing is really one of the first times we've ever had to deal with it in real time. Yeah. With a 24-hour news cycle and Twitter and the
2: internet. Well, let's get into the Russia crazy. thing. So yeah. one of the I really, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, one of the things that really bothers me is the the way that people are talking about this this idea of Russian hacking. So first off, you were talking about how things are inf- are, are much more trackable and traceable these days. Sure. And that is one of the the first things that any skilled hacker would do is learn how to cover those tracks. And when the Vault Seven uh, information came out, what was released and the reason that the CIA has the biggest problem with it is because they released all of the tools that the CIA uses for hacking. Sure. One of the biggest tools that they use is a tool that allows them to look, make it look like hacking is coming from any country they want. This is something that is available in essentially the public domain. So anyone can make it look as though those hacks were coming from Russia, and it would have to be a very inept hacker from Russia to have not gone through the steps to make well, it look like it came from somewhere else. Okay,
1: so let me... Kind of to yeah, speak truth to this. No offense, I'm not trying to bash your thing here, but specifically with the Russia hacks, I have been reading a book about this, and supposedly there's already a book about the Russia there's hacks. There's tons of, and yeah, Malcolm shit, Malcolm Nance. I got to plug this book, Malcolm X, Malcolm Nance. Mm. Okay, it's really a fucking fantastic book. It reads like a spy thriller. It's actually kind of good. Mm. Uh, it's called The Plot to Hack America. It's right really interesting. The dude, I, I talked about him a million times before. He's you guys under- couldn't
2: see this at home, but he held it up and showed it. Like yeah, we he, were he on showed an it commercial. Yeah. It
1: was funny. I'd like, I like playing a part.
2: Yeah, and that's why I had to explain it to the audience. Yeah, no, okay. Thanks, not, Fanta it's White. Not, it's not a visual medium. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Jokes are better when you explain them. That's the
1: joke. Okay. Uh... So the plot to Hack America, it's all about how basically he predicted all this shit. And kind of didn't predict it. He was just processing it in real, real time and writing a book about it in real Who time. Who is this dude? Malcolm Nance. He's a former Navy intelligence officer who's pretty much just kind of—I retired. think he's retired. I think he's in his 50s. Mm. I, he's from Philadelphia, so I have is a little Is he the dude that was on
2: uh, Bill Maher with Milo? Exactly. Right on.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that he, recently he's pretty famous. For, he's on MSNBC a lot. He's like their go-to intelligence guy. Right on. Uh, I really like him. I like his writing. I trust him a lot. He's really interesting. Um, and he kind of speaks the truth, honestly. And the thing is, he knows a lot. Like, the, the crap he knows, one, he speaks Arabic and he speaks Russian. So he knows a lot about ISIS. He wrote a book called Defeating ISIS that supposedly is the most recent book that oh, Trump so,
2: that Trump has read. So he saw how Obama and Clinton made ISIS? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they were the founders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think that, I think everyone knows that. He was at the ribbon yeah, cutting, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, today they, I uh, proclaim it, ISIS it, to be a thing. So it's interesting because Trump is following his footsteps, actually, and really the Obama footsteps too. There's no real change because, thank God, Mattis is actually. Not that crazy. Mattis is one of the few. Mad people. dog ain't mad? Mad dog's actually not as crazy as anyone else in this administration. And so is HR McMaster. So there are some people that are keeping us from all out dumbass war and stuff like that. Mm. So it is is—there uh, there is some optimism in a world of shit.
3: Yeah, I have a question. So yeah. so I I get what you mean. Like obviously like uh like uh the these hackers are are you know good at good, they they got to be good oh, at hiding shit. themselves. i didn't
1: even speak to my point i'm sorry <laughs> you didn't speak to your point no, go back that, to your point go no, back no. to your point and i can, okay. no, well
3: basically i was just going to say that that there's no extradition policy so so there's no reason to hide they, their tracks they don't have any yeah. real reason to hide their tracks so like one of the most wanted hackers in by the US worldwide is this russian guy who lives like in Russia, they know exactly the town he lives in. They know where he lives. They know what he does on a day-to-day basis. Oh, I'm they not saying that Russia that doesn't does. hack.
2: Russia are some of the, yeah. the best hackers in the world. Oh, <laughs> like that. oh, no doubt. Well,
3: I would say at least, the, at least some of the Russians, right? Yeah. Not necessarily—I I, I mean— Probably, I'm sure Russia
2: has a hacking program because every country Uh, has a a a hacking program. Yeah. Well, but but that's the thing. Like, (laughs) that's uh, a definite
1: yes.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Though, so like, we we assume every country has a Mm -hmm. has a hacking program, but like, you know, if we talk about like Chad or you know the Dominican Republic, you know, they're they're certainly not adept as as Russia is. Right. Russia Russia and China are countries that have actually specialized in this. They have you know actually turned their military towards this. Yeah. okay. It it is.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what, hold on, I gotta speak to that, because that is exactly what one of the chapters of this book is about. It's literally speaking to the history of Russia and their Obsession with intelligence mm-hmm.
2: and how basically I mean, the Cold War is like us battling them for intelligence. Like literally, this is
1: just the next step. And the person who was in charge of the FSB, who idolized the KGB growing up, who did everything he could to be an intelligence officer, Vladyputz? is Vladdy Poots. Right on. And he is not only become the most powerful man probably in the entire world. He has empowered all of his buddies in the FSB. Oh yeah. And they all became Russian oligarchs, and they are all billionaires. So it's very difficult to take these guys down because they have endless power. Power and money and money and power. And in in, a world (laughs) where they're best buddies with the most powerful man in the world.
2: Would power and money be the yin and yang of Russia?
1: So— it's crazy to, it's not that crazy to think about how far this money will get him and how much power will get him and the influence that Russia has. Well, now, to speak do we to know what Vladimir's well, worth? Well, yeah, it's about 40, 50 billion. It's, oh. it's not only that, too, but because that's, a guess. That's a, that's, it's, that's, it might be more. That's like four Oprah's. Like, it's way more. It's, back, <laughs> in the day, yeah.
3: back in the day, you know how most hackers actually got their start? Their first hacking stuff was, was like, co- no, well, normally, normally that's it's actually like <laughs> college, you could actually oh, hack. Yeah hack into college systems and uh, they wouldn't fix Yeah. Not, not that kind of stuff. Not, <laughs> not, not quite do. that. You could actually hack into uh, their servers and everything and colleges would not go after you for this kind of thing.
2: Okay. Like back oh, so in the day. Use them as a, uh, so use them as a training yeah. ground.
3: And I mean, I mean, and so anytime that you have a situation in which you're not going to pay for doing what you're doing, that's going to be, uh, A fertile ground for a hacker, right? Yeah, And with no extradition policy in Russia, that's Mm -hmm. fertile
1: ground. Yep. To hack anywhere else. So, that's interesting, because I was thinking about hacking. I was reading about, like, different hats, like the white Mm -hmm. hat hacking, the black hat hatting. The white hat hacking are these people
2: that... (laughs) It sounds like a. a, a it's it's literally stare. spy versus spy.
1: Yeah, but it's interesting. I like it the is. white hat guys. So, but supposedly, and this is interesting because this is exactly what happened. Penetration Sup-
3: testing is what yeah. that is more called, actually. <laughs>
1: yeah. So. I'm sorry, I can't let la- that laugh at penetration testing. No, but that's, testing. that's what it is. Okay. Uh, so they're yeah they're hacking into people and basically leaving their trace, leaving a mark, and basically leaving a note and saying, "We did this. Maybe mm-hmm. you should hire us
2: to yeah you know, fix help your shit, you bro. Yeah,
1: uh, or fix your shit. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, supposedly, that's what
2: DEFCON is about.
1: Supposedly, that happens a lot in the DNC, and that's been happening for the past, you know, 30 years, or whatever, Not to, you know, 20 years. It happens so, to, happens everyone. to everyone. Happens yeah. to everyone all the time. Um, so there no, they're no—they're not—they were kind of prepared for some normal stuff like this. They And originally, when they were first hacked into, uh, they were hacked into twice. The first time was to test. The second time was to really dig in. I what guess, are we talking in- about? Uh, last year. Okay. Uh, I think... We're, we're talking about... Well, you, you well, said oh, it, no, no, we're sorry. It, it's no, end of 2015 and beginning of 2016. There's okay.
3: also a differentiation. You're, you're talking... like White hats is if if totally. they're hired to hack into I was the making, thing. Hired or using it, it as a calling card. Yeah, so they're, exactly. They're no, on the side of that, good.
1: That would be gray hat.
3: Okay. That's actually yeah, yeah. gray right, hat. i what that's
2: called. Sure, totally. I'll, yeah. I'll
1: give you that. Yeah, that's okay. kind of... Uh, yeah. I prefer a black
2: and white world, but if we want to use gray, that's fine. I know, system here. know.
1: Uh, so here's the thing: is I forget that
2: you're a bigger nerd than I am. The specific <laughs> yeah. hack
1: is all known <laughs> about hacking. Uh, <laughs> they hired this company called CrowdStrike to come in, and they they do these kind of things. They mop up after a hacking. And they checked everything out, and um, basically they said this hacking was extremely sloppy in many ways. Not sloppy, but done to a point where they wanted to leave tracks mm-hmm. so much so, kind of like basically they said they compared this to a cyber security uh, finger, like mm-hmm. a fuck you, saying like this is what we can do, fuck you, like we're not trying to hide anything. Yeah, yeah. because you're right. Good hackers and people like the FSB could have easily hidden their tracks.
2: Yeah, uh, they did. You'd get assassinated if you didn't, if you were supposed to.
1: And <laughs> you're right. They kind of they, they almost wanted to be like proud of what they did. And they were so proud of what they did
2: because supposedly, I, what, I guess that's the question is whether it's pride or a false flag. So that I, we, it's hard to really differentiate at this point.
1: Well, there's a lot of reports of them celebrating Trump's victory and such.
2: Sure. Sure. And just the idea of false flag is easy to dismiss in general.
1: I don't disagree there. I just don't think it's ethical right here. Right uh, what you're, but I think what's so interesting is that we know all about this stuff. Like, and it's, it's been proven specifically who has kind of come out and admitted to this was, was Guccifer 2.0. Mm-hmm. And literally the guys bragged about it. Everyone says it. Everyone knows this is the guy who did it. Uh, the question is, who is this dude? And everyone down the board admits that this dude is Russia. He says supposedly he's from Romania, but everyone checked his VPN and it was been and translated into a Russian language, so clearly he's Russian. But well, again, that's that's the who's whole working thing. For the Russians, whatever.
2: Well, again, that's the whole thing, though. So if if you wanted to make it appear like he was in Russia, it would be very easy to do that. And I again, suppose, with, the, with the no extradition treaty, it, it might be best to well, hide your shit from Well, There's other Russia. stuff, though, mm.
1: because the emails, uh, the proof that was actually leaked was. One—well, there was two things that were leaked. One was specifically Trump's file. And usually when hackers go— we're down with
2: the PP docs?
1: No, no, okay. no, no. I'm talking about the DNC's file on Trump. Oh, okay. They had, you know, opposition research. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they, that's what everyone hacks for. You know, they normally hack everyone's oppositional research beforehand, get what the other enemy has on you, and then release it in specific times to minimize impact. And that's clear.
2: That's the Karl Rove certainly technique. That's strategy. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: the strategy for the past 20 years in politics, pretty much. Uh, anyways, the point is um, they actually had emails, right, clearly, and there was redactions. The ones that were given to WikiLeaks had 70,000 redactions. This is really interesting because 70,000 redactions is a lot. That's a lot of people working specifically to redact specific things, and there's not many people. Places in the world that would have, one, access to it, and clearly, I'm pointing to Russia, or have the manpower to do this. And this takes, as Malcolm Nance, Malcolm Nance has said, up to 300 people in a room, like, doing this stuff all, night and day shifts oh, you,
2: for months. So, hold on. You're saying that the the data that was downloaded did not have redactions, but the data that was given to WikiLeaks does? Correct. So, whoever the intermediary was, mm-hmm. was a large enough entity to do 70,000 redactions? You got it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I have nothing to refute that. I just wanted to cl- clarify. I just think
1: that's so.
0: There's a lot of
1: proof here. It's a fascinating proof, but there's yeah. there's all the smoke. I mean, it's not just this. There's a million things about like I couldn't go on and on and on about all these contacts between Manafort and and you know Carter Page and Michael Flynn. Uh, but everyone knows them. They're all known. So it's like it's there's only one direction. Everyone's like, oh, there's smoke, there's smoke, there's smoke. There's no fire. Well. The smoke is building and building and building. And, you know, it, it's really only going one direction to me. Um, and there's another man that we just watched, actually. We are just watching a thing on Roger Stone. He's, he's a big figure now because he was basically named during this testimony with James Comey when he was uh, testifying about Russia. And uh, the congressman, Adam Schiff, who is the congressman for L.A., actually is our congressman, uh, he is a big part in this because he's the ranking Democrat in the Intelligence Committee who was interviewing uh, Comey. And he was basically laying out for eight minutes the entire, all of these different connections. And he mentioned Roger Stone, uh, who was known, obviously, as Trump's friend for 30 years. This guy is a fucking crazy character. He's I an lo- info warrior. And I apologize if you don't know him, but like, but I'm going to go Oh, through. I know him well. Here, I'll <laughs> give you a couple tidbits. And most people do know this. He has a tattoo of Richard Dixon on his back.
2: Like a full back?
1: I think it's like about a half his back. Like
3: pre Watergate, post Watergate, Nixon. Post Watergate, post Watergate. He
1: yeah. was. Are we talking like a little thing on his shoulder or like a, a life size portrait? I'm of, gonna pull it up. Um, wow. But the thing is, it's pretty big. Um,
3: so wouldn't a- it be awesome if it was just Richard Nixon's shoulder on his shoulder? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is what his outline looks like
3: against this is, my outline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, if, this w- if I had Nixon's shoulder, this yeah, is what it would look like.
2: It's like a cardboard cutout.
1: <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, so it's, it's a big Nixon face smiling like a creep.
2: It's probably oh like half God. scale in the middle of his back. Like this, I mean it, it t- looks like a meme. It looks like something that is just like cre- that looks like propaganda. Yeah, That yeah, does it, not look no, real. No, no, he admits. to no, I'm not denying <laughs> oh, okay. it. I'm just saying that this, shows looks it like, off. That's this looks incredible. like Something the Onion would fucking do just to like be yeah, yeah. He
1: is a character. I mean, he, I can't take him seriously. You look at him and he's like he's like built in the like conservative factory to be evil. Uh he, <laughs> he reminds me so much of uh, the bad guy in Roger Rabbit, um, Sorry, Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd's character, <laughs> <laughs> like like he got dipped in the uh, the cartoon acid yeah. or something. Uh, yeah. He wears the the crazy glasses and he has the stupidest style. Like he thinks he's like you know from the Great Gatsby in the twenties. He's an idiot. Uh, his speech is so creepy. The way he talks is mm. so fucking weird. Basically, he's known as a provocateur. He's this right wing guy who likes dirty tricks. He, he he's proud of it. He's proud of his he's dirty like tricks. He's an old tricks. school, Milo. Yeah, he's yeah. Except he actually does shit. Like he uh, worked for all of these different yeah, yeah. people, and, Think tanks and he's shit. like proud of Watergate and stuff like that. <laughs> so it is obviously not crazy to talk about him and his connections to the Trump campaign and his best friend Trump. Uh, supposedly, there's a lot of, and he's published them. A lot of talks between him and Guccifer two point like tweets between message,
2: Trump and Guccifer.
1: Sorry, Roger Stone and Guccifer. Okay. And obviously, this is the thing. is it, We don't know if Trump specifically had contact with Russia about the hacking. But it seems like everything that's coming out today is saying that, yes, that's, there is circumstantial evidence and real yeah. evidence. was what Adam Schiff, literally our congressman, was alluding to not a few hours ago, mm-hmm. which is crazy. To say that he wasn't—he was basically saying on live TV there's more than circumstantial evidence to say there's collusion mm-hmm. between Russia and people in Trump's campaign.
2: Well— I, I guess the the question I would have is: there is uh, certainly uh, a lot of evidence that uh, Hillary Clinton had a lot of backing and support and help from the Chinese government. Um, is that not that I'm not saying that they're equal? I'm not equating things. I'm just That's saying that there is.
1: That's totally possible. I'm not going to deny that. In fact, Malcolm X talks about it in the book, too. He talks right. about how China is involved in many of our things. And just as much. And the thing is, Russia is going to be involved. Russia's going to try. That's going to be. Totally. Right. We, that's my that's question. That's not the thing. Uh, uh, the what, question is, okay. did Trump's campaign work with them? Right, that's right. the question. Well, no, no. And it, everything seems to be saying, fuck yes.
2: My question is, what's the problem?
1: What's the problem? Right,
2: right. So if we're if we're now are you cool with with, with the, if if Hillary did this, you would be cool with. Well, it? Well, no, go with me here. So if we now live in a world stage where uh, the. Uh, we agree that the interest of American politics affects all of these other countries. Correct. We mm-hmm. we do have a a larger than most impact on the way that other countries do business. So is it not in their interest to have uh, some sort of implication or in, uh, fu- uh, uh, dog in the fight for their interests in our public uh, uh, hearings? Is there? A, I understand is there a-
1: Russia wanting to have an interest in our election mm-hmm. i don't forgive them for putting a thumb on the scale
2: we do this consistently in many other now, countries
1: you telling me that does not disagree with my argument you understand saying they do it too and we do it too no, 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 but what, doesn't, I'm, doesn't, doesn't what i'm saying call, is we,
2: we live in this world the jack the genie's already out of the bottle they're there what are we going to do about it do you think so, the u.s puts their thumb on russia's elections i think they certainly try yeah how Uh, With propaganda, with the way that we talk about their leaders, with the the information that we try and get in there? Well, talking about their leaders isn't necessarily propaganda. That's just speaking truth. Not necessarily. I mean, it's a, it, you know, we first off, we we are not uh, a privy to the information that they are receiving there. So the filtration that we receive is different than the filtration that they receive. You know,
1: so, what? I'll, I'll. Here's the thing: is all this weed tit for tat stuff? I'll even even if I grant you that that a U.S. does what Russia does, which they don't.
2: At which the you, you don't think the U.S. influences any elections? Not like Russia does. No. Maybe we not. don't have higher. We don't hire hundreds of trolls to do what. The right, Russia right. Is. We, we are not using the same tactics, but we are fighting the same fight. We are. We are. We're fighting the good fight. We're fighting the opposite
1: end of it. If right, that's right, what right. you mean. We're, we're,
2: we're taking the high road, but we're still engaged in the battle. We are. We. What I'm saying. I'm is I'm not that, saying we're not engaged in the battle. Right. And what I'm, I'm saying, saying is, that we're doing it for a, a noble purpose. Well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, you don't every, think so? No, that's no, no. Okay. Well, I, I just think that every villain thinks that they're doing things for good. Think. You know. That, uh, okay. I, I understand. But
1: no, not in this
2: case. Right? They they could be morally wrong. They could be doing things the wrong way. What I'm saying is that we are already at the point where governments are trying to influence each other's elections. What the fuck can we do about it? First off, should we care? And how should we go about caring? Like, you know, should we just allow this to happen and accept that it happens and gauge our, you know, make our elections grow around how this works and try and, you know, just bring it to the surface? Or should we try? And stop it! Is it even possible to fucking stop? Well, it? one stop. Yeah, yes,
1: I think it is somewhat possible to stop cyber hacking if you're smart about it. I think you know about this stuff to an extent. I'm oh, no, not that, talking about email encryption.
2: Well, no, no, uh, there are so many things we can do. If you're prepared for yeah. it, mm-hmm. you can
1: prevent some. Of, if you know Russia is coming, you can prevent some of it. DNC was not prepared for it. It's a no. shame, and no. they were late on it. And they, and they, were systems were hacked for about six months, and then then they were prepared for it. But there was a window where they were stupid. Yeah. Okay, that happens. It's now a full we're not, metal
2: jacket and the unlocked footlocker what's like, crazy
1: is that it happened and all these factors came together in a perfect storm to get trump elected and you know it, it's interesting because all these factors are already there it mm-hmm. was just kind of the straw that broke the yeah, It back. was a
2: perfect convolution of that storm it was a uh a, a all of these things that have been wrong with our country for so long just stacked up against us and and now we're in the position that we're in so what the fuck are we going to do about it well how think- should we change the system I think what's interesting is someone referred to the U.S. system as a pendulum,
1: uh, uh, which is kind of true. <laughs> Are it's you quoting me? Yeah. Not just you. It's, no, that's like, <laughs> did you say? That? I mean, oh, I've true. said that
2: many times. Brian always yells at me.
1: It's well, you look at history, and yeah.
2: it's somewhat true.
1: Well, totally. The the, the amount yeah. of swing, I think, is always debatable, but it's certainly. Swing. So. Uh, but it's uh, it's always there where we're swinging back and forth that seems to be between yeah. left
2: and right well a pendulum will eventually stop in the middle so Not every time that, that, that pendulum swings it swings a little bit less we're, usually
1: we're ten, we tend
3: to repeat history even you know like sure. situations repeating like uh, like this thing like this thing going on now with Syrian refugees is almost exactly the same as the as the thing that happened in the 80s with the people from El Salvador like you basically got people fleeing from a a completely crumbling place and you've got people that want to bring them in and have like and have sanctuary for them and everything, you know, which was like when it started in the 80s, you know, and.
2: Like, I mean, that's that's. I mean, some, these a, things repeat, and that yeah, that's a repeat of the the Jews in the Holocaust. Like, I mean, <coughs> yeah. you know, it's in a, a repeat
3: of a repeat of like what Underground Railroad too, yeah. like, and a, so, a repeat
2: of the Irish and the potato famine. Like, yeah. there are plenty of people yeah. that didn't want them to come over. Like, that, that is just a a, a constant uh, um, othering of mm-hmm. you know humanity.
1: Uh, I agree, but it seems like we're smart enough now, and we know about all these historical examples that we should learn from mistakes.
2: We should, yeah, but intellectual is different than emotional and politics has gotten extremely emotional there is very little intellect left in it so the, you know that is the the giant appeal for everyone and when we're appealing to people's emotions we tend to appeal to their most base emotion because that is the easiest to rile up a crowd about so you know riling up a crowd about the other is is much easier than riling up a crowd about raising the minimum wage like these are are much different sort of topics I mean, try and get a a crowd behind you and get elected on a platform of fixing street potholes. Like, this is something we actually need, but no one is going to stage their career on it. So... 11% voted in L.A.
1: Okay, it was a local election, and people are kind <laughs> uh, of, stu- and they didn't advertise it much.
2: I no, no, it was a stupid election, and I'm not necessarily saying I'm in favor of people uh, increasing the vote. I actually like the fact that 11% Who vote because that means my vote matters. I thought more. it was just
1: props. Whether were, were there actual people? Was there, uh, the mayor? The mayor, yeah. oh, It was mayor. Yeah. There was Garcetti were, just going to win? Yeah, yeah,
2: there were eight people on the ballot, and Garcetti was the only name that anyone had ever heard of. Gotcha. So the idea of even just doing this on an off-cycle election, to do the mayoral election during a uh, uh, a primary election season rather than doing it in November, you know, it's it just – people don't even know that there's an election in fucking March. Uh, speaking of yin and yang, I always think
1: that – I've heard from so many right people who have argued that they're like, you need me, you need us. And I think it's so true. I, we do need a, a, a healthy – Right wing conservative movement in An this country. In opposition, certainly. An opposition. And I think that California, specifically Los Angeles mm-hmm. and, and parts of it, are what happens sometimes when Democrats are uncontested and, and it, Democrat policies are, are unanimous no mm-hmm. matter what. Uh, and that's Look not to say that. I'm not a Democrat. I'm, yeah. you know what I am. But I, the thing is to say, there can be a, a bit too much, and it, well, yeah, it Look at
2: ex- look at the propositions they get passed these days. Almost all of the propositions are extremely liberal issues. You know, obviously, everyone wants to take care of homeless people, and everyone wants to, you know, make sure that the, the environment is clean. But most of it is taxing to fix these extra problems. So the Democratic solution to that everything. That nice. like that actually. Well, the Democratic solution yeah, like to everything is increasing taxes. Yeah, that great. Without actually, that you know, so fixing cool. anything. No, no, it usually fixes. All right, so stuff. look at the fucking bag yeah. tax. All right. <laughs> So we got these goddamn I love pa- it. we got these goddamn plastic <laughs> bags that we can't get at the grocery Save store the anymore. World. The only fucking difference <laughs> now is that I pay for them and they're fucking thicker. So now I'm buying bigger bags that are fucking spe- spending more time in the goddamn mm. atmosphere, in the goddamn streams, in the goddamn ocean and they are thicker taking up more space. I've just paid 10 cents for them. Why? The only thing you've done is yeah. take the money away from the grocery store rather than give it t- yeah. Uh, it's, well, every time I I think it's been shown to CRV,
3: like it's always going to the, it should, it should go to the, like, why is it not charged to the grocery store? Like, why, why is the consumer paying for this garbage?
2: Uh, because uh, it's supposed to, it's supposed to encourage me to bring my reusable bags to the, to the grocery store. I was going to say that, but it, it it, it doesn't, I mean, I'm, I'm. Uh, Can I
1: shame you into it?
2: No, because I have no idea when I'm going to go grocery shopping. It is Put it I, in your car. But then that would require me I, carrying I these things the around. I use what? these. Yeah, you're a goddamn hippie. I well. use reasonable bags <laughs> right too. Just, you put two of them in your car. Is that hard? Uh, I don't know. My grocery shopping takes more than two bags. Save the world. If you
3: don't do that, like just do multiple transactions. Go in, Sean, buy like a handful of stuff. Pay for it, walk out, drop it in your car, walk back in, handful of stuff.
1: You're going to save 10 cents. Yeah, and you can stop ranting about the 10 cents and the shitty bags that they give you. I don't care about
2: paying for it. I'm just saying that they haven't fixed anything. I'm still using plastic bags. I'm just paying for them. It hasn't changed anything. Uh, if I do get the plastic bags, I got to
1: say I use them at home in some way. It's, they're they come in garbage bags, but yes, yeah, so I don't really have a problem with it. I but might... that's what I've always done before. <laughs> we might have gone off track just a bit. Oh, I, we, we might. Yeah, have... it's fine. That's we... his job. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't give a shit. Uh, we talked about a lot of good stuff here. We talked about Russia, which is good. I'm. We talked we... about plastic bags. That's important. We talk
3: Sorry. about toilet paper. Toilet paper. We're solving covered, the world's problems. Yeah.
2: But I, I mean, getting back <laughs> to this last election, the the one measure that did pass was a uh, 0.25% sales tax increase to help the homeless population, which I'm certainly all in favor of helping the homeless yeah. population. But I don't think adding on taxes for every little thing that we need to do is the right way to go about things. That's why we have a representative government. I really don't like this idea of proposition. I don't I, like I agree that democracy. money doesn't solve all problems. That's clear. But I, well, I, it's not even money. It's it's the allocation well, of the money. It's because this, sure. we we are such a democratic state that there is no real oversight, and so there's no incentive to to cut back in areas that we don't need to. We the it's always just easiest to add more money to the pot than to actually take care of our shit.
1: I agree. I think there needs to be some sort of shaming or scare tactic for these politicians to be scared into losing an election, and that seems like the only way to fucking keep. Them them in line is to threaten the fact that we can vote them out is the only thing we have against them really pretty much i mean and that's kind of the interesting point i was going to come back to here is that we have the 2018 election oh, 2020 you did election yeah kind of <laughs> nah not really right then. my point was that trump has been uh, threatening all the republicans with pr- being primaried mm-hmm. basically so if you don't vote for the trump care we're going to vote you out so that that is their ultimate fear. And I think that they realize that, that, oh, that to, Trump that, is that going Trump, to if get... they're not on Trump's good side, they're not gonna their career's over.
2: So he, he's going to replace the Republican candidates with a Trump favorable Republican candidate and it. make sure they win the primaries.
1: And this goes both directions. I think it's mostly for the freedom caucus conservative ones. Mm-hmm. He wants to find ones that are more economically populist and more mm-hmm. on the, the moderate side of the
2: Republican Party. I think it's exactly what I would do, which is why you should never vote for me for president. What would you do? I that's we're not voting for you, but what would you do? Well that's the thing. Like the, <laughs> the reason I believe in in a lot of con or at least um understand and uh respect a lot of conspiracy theories is that if I was in power, you know, that's probably a lot of the things that I would be doing. Like, you what? know, I, I you know, controlling people. I would want to You would like I would want to keep people safe. I would want to check their emails. I would want to read every goddamn thing and listen to every goddamn phone call. But I am a goddamn human being, and that is not part of well, what we I've have, signed up for. The thing is,
1: if you're president, you can't. That's, the, that's why we have laws. You can't do that. Sure you can. No, the president can't do that.
2: That, that, that's the whole point. Did that's you see what, the Snowden movie? They can do whatever they want. The
1: pre- no, that's not true. No, not the president. And the, but NSA, like the NSA can do that can, stuff. Yeah. And my point is the president can't. And that's the whole point of why Trump wiretapping is It can is get shit done.
2: It's not necessarily legal, but it can. Well, that's the whole thing about the Trump wiretapping. Uh, there was no, I mean, this is also conspiracy, but uh, there is. Clearly. Obviously. Fuck you. But the uh, there is the idea that it, wa- it wasn't necessarily the NSA. It wasn't the CIA. It wasn't any of those that they had hacking. It was the. GCHQ exactly yeah bullshit well no that is that is that is common practice though they spy on us we spy on them and we share that information not you're same. not allowed to spy on your own people but you are allowed to spy on foreigners yeah, I'm not,
1: what just because that you say that's a common practice doesn't mean it happened what evidence do you have that it happened
2: oh that this specific one no that's that's why it's a conspiracy theory because we don't have the evidence yet
1: <laughs> okay that's mean that's not just conspiracy theory. that's called bullshit
2: no that, that's called a a plausible possibility Okay, so is everything. It, well, no, it's, it's, it's a way that that could have happened legally. So it is, it is within the structure for that to happen. Whether or not uh, it actually did happen, it is a loophole that exists. I don't think, no, I don't think that is legal.
1: I don't think that's okay. legal to do. Yeah. That, that you would have to find, you would have to, someone would have called, blown the whistle on that one real
2: quick. Dude, that's what we think, that's what we hope about everything, and we're finding out no one has blown the whistle about any goddamn thing. All of these loopholes fucking exist. I think some people blow the whistle. Some people do. Right, and they get shot in the head. In America? Yes. Who? People. Name three. Uh, the guy that leaked the Democratic emails. Uh, what the fuck was his name? I think it was like he Snow or something. got shot in the head. Yes, back of the head, okay. execution style. All right. Who else? Um, everyone the Clintons had killed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. By the way, I can name like five that Putin killed. Oh, I'm not saying that he's not a and bad that's guy. me who lives in America. I'm- um, i'm just saying we're dirtier than we think we're not as dirty as everyone else okay but just because oh, that's a start <laughs> I'm, that's thank you just because america Wait, is, can you
1: say we're not as dirty as russia
2: uh yeah yeah i would say russia is dirtier than us okay my my, my uh, way I am, dirtier probably yeah i i don't i don't know that for sure but what i'm saying is that we do have blood on our hands we are not completely innocent but we you know by and large should we, the
1: president say that
2: well, just because we are a good country to live in does not mean we are perfect. Even if we were the best country to live in, we would still not be perfect. And there is always a need for opposition. There is always a need for a contrary opinion. There is always a need for improvement.
1: But a, a president equating yourself to Russia, you don't think that's creepy and weird?
2: How so? Uh, yeah, I need the context of that. Oh,
1: you know, I'm talking about when Trump said. You, he basically said, we're murderers too. We— he said basically Bill O'Reilly asked him and said uh Russia's ki- Putin's a killer he said. Mm-hmm. He said what you don't think we kill people too? You think we're so innocent? It's numbers.
2: I mean, you know, at what point do we call ourselves a killer? Is it are you a murderer if you've murdered one people or are one person or are you only a murderer if you've murdered 30 people? So, if you're it, counting
1: people like like yeah that tr- that he that Obama droned, yes, Obama is a killer. Yes. Certainly. Uh, but if you're talking about journalists that Obama killed, I would say that number's probably zero. There have been
2: journalists that have been locked up? There have been journalists— I
1: said killed. I didn't say locked up. Why did you right. just say locked up? I think—and I don't think he's locked—I think he's gone on shit for Fox News. I don't think Obama's locked up journalists.
2: I I will have to uh, If you come, find pr- yes, evidence, I, you can come back well, with that.
1: I would—I don't—you I don't, can't say that without evidence, though. You can't just make that claim. Okay. It seems extreme. Right on. Sorry. I'm getting all obrien Jesus Christ. I mean,
3: currently, I think our TP role is just going the wrong way.
0: <laughs> Thank you. When the politicians keep politicking, before you turn to excessive drinking, spend some time collectively politicking with the show where I don't know. I don't know, man, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know,
3: I, just, I don't know, man. So it seems so clear now that the reason why it's going the wrong way is that Trump has a cat, hence the grab- grab the pussy. He was talking about a cat then.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Devin Nunez is a coward. Want to just say that. Uh, fuck Roger Stone. Um, I really like Malcolm Nance's book, and I like Adam Schiff, My Congressman, which is insane, the fact that I really like My Congressman. When's the last time you said you'd like your congressman? I've never had to say that before in my life. It's great.
2: Unfortunately, I really haven't paid attention to my congressman <laughs> in California. I used to when I was in Illinois, but like I don't know. I just always felt transient in California, so the, the it's locals— nice. It's
1: nice to say I have representation in the federal government that represents my opinion. Oh, certainly. Uh,
2: yes. <laughs> that, is, that is the definition of a representative democracy. That is what we should be striving for. <laughs> I just
1: find it amazing <laughs> that I could actually say that with a street <laughs> face. Uh, yeah. I don't—can I continue? I, I want to move—I want to keep going. No, okay, yeah. fine. fine. Right. Yeah, no, do what you're no, no, You're no. driving. Yeah. <laughs> I just have so much shit to talk about. Oh, I want to talk about the White House. I think it's so interesting. There's a there's a there's a split in the White House between the two
0: the East groups wing and the of West power. Wing?
1: Kinda. If if <laughs> if Ivanka has the East Wing. Oh, really? And speaking of, wait, where is the Beauty and the Beast? Where where's the wing with the flower? Is that the West Wing?
2: I have no idea.
1: You guys haven't seen Beauty and the Beast. I, yeah, well, I
2: don't. You try to make a topical reference here, and you guys are failing. I'm sorry, I didn't memorize. No, I it think fucking it's the East movie. Wing. I that think sounds it is right. The East Wing. The East Wing right.
1: is where they keep the flower. Uh, so, so that's
2: why she's there. She's the flower. She's
1: Ivanka the flower. is the flower. She's the flower of this disgusting family. I mean, she's the supposedly
2: the Trumpian desert.
1: The only one who has any sort of sense. Yeah, and, and obviously she's still not great, but Carola speaks highly of her. Yeah, I thought that. <laughs> I find that very interesting. I, I mean, that's not, not surprised that she's very well yeah. poised and put together. She's least like she shit together. Yeah, that's not that's not surprising. Uh, surprising is her effect on her dad. And what's interesting is that she, yesterday she, and even today, she's basically got a new office in the white house and she's pretty much an aide to her father. He's, Hmm. she's got an office in the West wing on the the second floor and it's right next to Dina Powell. Uh, Dina Powell is very interesting. She was recently hired last week, pretty much. And she is somewhat of a moderate force. Uh, She's from New York. She's this former, uh, she's actually uh, not months. Sorry. She's a, she's a Christian from Egypt, but she's middle Eastern. And she works with Gary Cohn, And Gary Cohn is the head of the NEC, and he's also got an office in the West Wing. And Gary Cohn is a big deal. I would say he's probably number three on advisors to Trump. I would say Trump's-
2: That's what I was looking for. Amy Goodman.
1: Amy Goodman? Who's that?
2: Jailed for reporting on the Dakota Access Pipeline. Okay. Sorry. Interesting.
1: I think Obama did come around on that, though, didn't he?
2: Um, no, not on, uh, Dakota? Yeah, no, on Dakota, he changed it, but he didn't unjail the reporters because of that. Okay.
1: We can talk about that later. Anyways, I want to talk about the split in the white house between supposedly the quote unquote Democrats. And that is led by Gary Cohn, the head of the NEC, Gary the, Coleman, the National Economic <laughs> Council. So Gary Cohn is this
2: crazy. What are you talking about? Will? He's
1: like a very, he's a, he's like a guy from the big short or something like that. He's <laughs> a traitor by, by heart. He's supposedly, traitor! he's the kind of guy who supposedly i read. This was a great, great. Quote: He puts his knee like in front of you, like I put his leg on your desk, and like put his ne- like balls right in front of oh, you, yeah. and like as like a power move. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. to just, just like smell
2: my crotch. Yeah,
1: kind of guy. Wow. So he is supposedly a registered Democrat, and he is in the White House, and and Trump really listens to him. He's got Trump's ear on a lot of things, hmm. and supposedly he's taken a few moderate positions on climate
2: change. He likes the smell of his crotch. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Uh, and also supposedly on taxes too and some other regulations, uh, even though he's from Wall Street. Um, So basically it goes him and then he's like second command is Dina Powell. And Dina Powell basically shares an office with Ivanka. They're like best buds, and like literally, they talk all the time. And like, I mean, like they're really friendly, and like oh, they share a lot of. I thought you were ideas. gonna say
2: that she didn't want to share the office anymore.
1: <laughs> but uh, obviously, and and Kushner is probably Trump's number one. I gotta be honest, even more than Bannon. It seems Kushner has more influence on Donald Trump than anyone. Hmm. And I was really interested in this because I was looking at a layout in the White House, like whose office is next to whose, and right next to the Oval Office is Kushner's. Kushner's, and then it comes Bannon's. So it goes. Well, Oval Office, the dining room, mm-hmm. Kushner, Bannon, and then, and then in the corner, writes <laughs> <Reince> Priebus.
0: <laughs> of course, uh,
1: I thought that was just so fucking interesting. And then, guess who's on the second floor? Kellyanne's on the second floor, and mm. and Dina Powell. Some of the other guys. All the women. Wow! Holy shit! And supposedly it's a big deal because Trump doesn't go upstairs. <laughs> you know this, right? Trump's afraid of stairs. He <laughs> won't go upstairs. He doesn't so like stairs? it's a big yeah. deal if you're on the second Apparently. floor because Trump will never go there. Like Trump doesn't set foot in the second floor. Is there an elevator? Floor. He's not going to take it. He's too lazy. He doesn't do elevators. I don't think so. I think he's maybe scared. Um, <laughs> anyway, put all the important shit on the first floor. You have to, because he's lazy and he he just wants to sit and watch cable news all day. <laughs> Fox and Friends, yeah. but it's interesting Best show in the world because <laughs> they there's the, there's this big schism forming. And what's interesting is Bannon and Reince are on the same team. they are these economic populists of Bannon and these you know conservative traditionalists of uh, of Reince. ...together against supposedly the more democratic moderate forces of Ivanka Jarvanka and uh, Gary Cohn. And supposedly there's a lot of dust-ups recently about the carbon tax and the Paris Agreement. So between the climate change stuff... Basically, the Democrats are trying to force a moderate opinion, maybe that he should actually go on board with the Paris Agreement, mm. and actually carbon taxing is not so bad. Right on. Basically, just at least having the person come into the Oval Office and talk to the president about carbon taxing
2: was somewhat— I said right on, but carbon taxes are very, very bad.
1: I know you don't like it. I'm just saying it's it's something—it's interesting because Gary Cohn is, is suggesting this yeah. to Trump. Fucking hippies. Yeah, and— um, it's really crazy that we have this going on right now. I just think it's so obviously it's just like up the alley we talked about with his reality show stuff of having you know different balances of power between them. But
2: wait, when we talk about carbon taxing, are, are, is cap and trade is still the main thing, right? Like that's that's still. A, I
1: think it is a thing. Uh, I'll have to check
2: it. it. Is uh, I, I, if. If carbon taxing is separate than cap and trade, if we just want to tax carbon emissions, I have less of a problem with that.
1: Yeah, so the thing is they were kind of making a moderate opinion about this. And I forget how they were doing it, but they were basically doing some sort of tax credit or some sort of thing. It was like a moderate approach between just simple taxing and not doing anything at all. which okay. is They were trying to compromise, basically, which is a really crazy idea that Trump might start going now towards the democrats mm-hmm. we forget that there is a, a liberal force and everyone's going crazy about ivanka and nepotism and bullshit and yeah it's crazy that, that the fact that he has his kid who's now getting a security clearance in his office that's never happened before that an adult child is what you're looking at me like it's no crazy. i'm just
2: yeah, how many presidents have had adult children and uh, how many presidents
1: not tons but a fair few
2: i mean you know quincy but
1: uh the point is they've this is rare, and this is really there's unpre- it's unprecedented.
2: Uh, she's volunteered supposedly to
1: uh, adhere to all the ethical rules, so yeah. that's interesting.
2: The point is <laughs> to volunteer to adhere to rules. Like, is there even I know, is it, there any sort insane. of validity to that claim? Like, no, fuck <laughs> no.
1: But it's but I'm on board actually, which is crazy. Fine, she's there. the smartest one there, like. <laughs> which is it's a, uh, But the fact is, if she's going to influence Trump to the left in any way. I, I I gotta be on board. That's a hot take. I like Ivanka.
2: Really, is that a hot take? Is the uh, the rest the left of the fucking world fucking
1: hates Ivanka? Really? Yeah. Have you seen Saturday Night Live recently? The uh, the, I saw, I the, heard the, the clips.
2: Yeah, yeah. It sounded horrible. It sounded like a bad joke. Anyway, but um, it
1: was somewhat funny. I give yeah. it a B.
2: Okay. It's um, not their best. But is I mean, is, is that just the thing that she's complicit in everything that her father has done? So she's evil regardless. It's just—there it, was
1: a few nice little jabs in there. There was one where, like, they looked in the mirror, they showed her reflection in the mirror, and it was Alec Baldwin as Trump. So it's like, this is how we view you, Ivanka. Exactly,
2: and that's the thing. Is it just guilt by association or, you know, I mean, it, it, I, I feel like the, the Democrats yes. are vastly overlooking a a friend. <laughs> like, that, if there's any, you know, uh, uh, open I, arm in the White House, it is Ivanka. It's— it's
1: interesting, you're right, because the left just likes to shun everyone that's different than them, but yeah. you're right, in some ways they should the, be
2: trying to woo her. Exactly, it's the, the the social justice warrior shaming rather than trying to actually enact change.
1: I agree, and that's kind of what I'm saying, is take a realist take here and maybe try to bring Ivanka on, on board. And it seems like she is with comparison to the crazy shit that Bannon and Priebus want to do, oh, yeah. but I guess anyone is to the left of Bannon, you know, exactly. so that's not really that high a bar. Um, anyways, hey. I just... I don't know what's going on here. I'm just—I I find that also the most interesting part is that we have the vote tomorrow on Trump Care, mm. and it seems like it's going to fail in the House. I don't know. I am not for sure. I'm going to guess it is going to fail. And even if it's not going to fail in the House, it will most likely fail in the Senate until they do all these weird shit. And I, I, I don't know if—even if it passes, it's crazy because then so many people will be so upset that he'll lose in 2020. But supposedly if it doesn't pass, he said he's going to primary all these House representatives, and then they're going to be cut, classed out in 2018— and who knows what could happen in 2018. They might lose the House to the Democrats. So the question is here also, if this fails tomorrow, if Trump care fails, which, again, I do think it will, who is going to take the blame and is Trump going to take the blame? I don't think he'll – he'll he'll
2: not take the blame.
1: Right. Oh, he God, hasn't no. taken he's the blame. He's never yet. going to take the blame on right?
2: anything. That, that, um, yeah, that's his style. Like he can't take the blame for anything. So I don't think fo- he's even if capable. I, if
1: I follow that logic, then the, he's going to place the blame on Ryan and yeah. the
2: House Republicans. Yep. Yeah. So, did, I didn't write it. I didn't write right. it. I read it. It looks yeah. good. No, but and this it's is perfect. I, I mean didn't write it. The, this is obviously the the perfect move because he, re, he even if he knows it's not going to pass, uh-huh. now he has an excuse to you know you go in full force on the machine and try yeah. and get all of these Republicans that disagree with him out of office. Now That's the it. thing is,
1: if he does this. Is he effectively splitting some of this Republican vote and handing a lot of these places to Democratic constituencies? Or okay. I'm sorry, swing swing constituencies that might swing Democratic oh. if he basically tries to primary all of these incumbent Republicans. I don't know. I mean, I yeah, mean, there's a
2: lot of time between here and there, man. Well,
3: it was a-, a year. Also, also About a year and a half. Also, mm-hmm. if he okay. actually believes that Obamacare is going to be so terrible mm-hmm. in two years, everybody's going to be feeling that. You know what I yep. mean? And 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 he'll. In these two years, he's still going to be blaming it on the fact that it's Obamacare. If yeah. we did you guys didn't let me thing, fix it. you didn't yep. let me fix it. But so you got to let me have my people. I have to total. a little faith
1: in the in American people that when people will take your entitlement away, they will correctly bitch at the right person. Um, and I think that might happen. I think if you take someone's Medicaid away, I think they might not like Trump Who's the much. right person? What do you mean the right Trump. He, the person who's repealing Obamacare.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, m- repealing Obamacare has nothing to do with Medicare, though. I mean, Medicaid. It um, it, it, it still it uh,
1: literally cuts Medicaid.
2: Well, yeah, I, okay.
1: Yeah, it's not just that the premiums are supposed to increase twenty percent. That's not solving anyone's yeah. problems. What the what the that was the whole point of why Obamacare sucks, and you just exacerbate the problem twenty percent. I'm sorry, what? This is this is one
3: of the times where I'm I'm a little upset with the media on mm-hmm. this whole thing because I. I go on and like there's there's articles like that are talking about you know like what a sixty year old woman who makes twenty thousand dollars is going to pay yeah like but there's nothing that says like okay you know like like put in your age put in your this is what your premium is probably going to jump to like this is that that's full coverage you know giving us this kind of idea of what everybody's kind of bracket is going to. Be affected by that's if true. this goes through, and I would like to see that. And I mean, they yeah. got the manpower, they got the time to do that. I Why they don't, I don't know.
1: You're well. That's they have a they have a bias. They have a they have a narrative. Clearly, mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. has a narrative. I'm willing to admit that. That even you know CNN has a narrative. But my point is, yeah, it's not in their it, it's not in their interest right then to list ages and charts. Although I would say a lot of them did. I've seen a lot on, from, you have? I have okay. seen a lot on Twitter. Man, that have me those.
3: You gotta send me those.
1: It's basically, it doesn't have everyone's age, but it has like, you know, 25 to 35 and then okay. 35 to 50 and then, you know, 50 to 60. The thing is, this is new. Like they've never done it by age before, right? It's, yeah. it's always been yeah. income. Right. So it's, it's a CBO estimate is what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not quite positive, but it,
2: it's also something that's almost impossible to actually predict. Uh, one of the big Mm. downfalls of Obamacare that we talked about on the healthcare addendum episode uh, was that we it was vastly predicted that a large number of people would no longer have to go to the emergency room because they would have access to regular doctors and everyone knows the emergency room is like exponentially more expensive than going to a doctor for most things but what they saw was a a growth a a, uh, increase in the number of people using emergency rooms they saw a a lot of entitlement from the people that got onto uh, uh, Obamacare, and so the costs of implementing those things ended up far exceeding anyone's expectations. So it's one of those things that, you know, once the insurance company has to pay out all of this money, then the next year they have to increase premiums. So ideally, you know, in, in a, a, uh, a right-working world, in a right-leaning world, that by increasing these premiums 20 percent from the get-go, it should be stabilizing from there on out. And if anything, we would see a decrease over time because of that stabilizing of the system.
1: That is possible. They do say it is a possible 10%. Not that
2: I'm saying that's going to work. I'm just saying that's the idea. Here's the thing is the
1: CBO supports what you said. That's why I think you shouldn't be insulting the CBO so much actually is supposedly the the Congressional Budget Office, the people who made the predictions that you're saying are wrong actually, supposedly their predictions of Obamacare were better than other contemporaries during that time, gotcha. So that yes, although they were wrong on certain things, mm-hmm. they were actually more right than everyone else. Fair so on. that well. is something to be said about the CBO. Um, and I think there are certain things that they can predict the
2: smartest one in the dumb row.
0: Maybe,
1: but at least they're getting, I think supposedly within like standard deviations, they're getting some, st- there's some questions correct. Yeah. And what they do is- de- I would I'm hope cast they would get things is, more correct. And enough. I think that the, the amount of people they predicted supposedly was was basically, they would predict Obamacare would lose um, uninsured people. The uninsured amount of people would go down by 50% is what they said. It actually went down 43%. Uh, so they were off, but they were not off by a, a large, I would say statistically significant amount. So I would say that's that's an interesting standpoint. 10%? Right? Less than 10%. 7%. Yeah,
2: that's statistically cons- uh, significant, okay, I would yeah,
1: say. It's not,
2: not perfect. But that's I'm semantics. Just that's arguable. Yeah, to yeah. be able
1: to predict that in eight years is, is okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it's tough to predict the economy in to eight years. To
2: predict eight years out of anything is— Sure.
1: So I give them that. Um, I don't know. My point is I think that it's clear that this bill is fucking horrible from like—no oh. one likes this bill. It's not really helping anyone. Everyone hates it. Uh, and it's such a toxic bill that it's so interesting the way is, is Trump is pushing this no-win situation in my
2: mind. And Oh, I feel like it's a win-win situation from his side. Really? Yeah. So either he wins and he gets the bill passed through and he gets his name on something that might be slightly improved for some people and he'll be able to put those on the commercial. Well, I mean, yeah. okay, look, look, what, look at, this, at what he did. Pr-
3: he did like a campaign-style event to like talk about it yeah. the other night.
1: So. What happens if it doesn't pass tomorrow, though?
2: Right. So if it doesn't pass, he still wins because he gets to clean out the the uh, House uh, and, re- you know, he gets to clean out all the Republicans mm. that which, are not agreeing with him. Which I think was okay. the main
3: point of his actually, campaign I, event. I, yeah. that he did, I
1: actually, basically. I completely see your point, and I agree with that to an extent that you're right. That is a win-win for him on there. I was more thinking election terms.
2: I don't think— For him in four years? Yes. Okay.
1: I think if this passes, I think— there will be too many older people, part of his base, that will turn on him. And if you start losing... Why is that? Because the insurance premiums will skyrocket.
2: Well, no, the, I mean, that's the thing. The older people are going to be on Medicare. So that...
1: Uh, yeah, but what happens if you're 62 or 60?
2: Uh, I mean, you're you're almost there anyways. So, I mean, <laughs>
1: okay, you'll just die because you can't afford your care when you're 60.
2: Uh, no, I I, I really... Quite honestly, That's the, no, no. The, I'm my, not being dramatic. That's no, true. I, I am just uh, assuming that they have done the math on that and that that is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. That doesn't happen all the time, especially when no, you. No. Even...
2: am <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that the, the seniors are the most catered to uh, fraction of our democracy. So if they are going to design a system, they're going to make sure that the people okay. that vote the most are going to be harmed uh, the least. But my whole point is they've designed this bill to fuck over the old people. They've designed this bill, bill to fuck over everyone.
1: Okay, but old <laughs> people are fucked over more than anyone else on this bill. That's I, you can look I, at I the numbers. I haven't the math on that. Okay, yet. I will give you a number there. If you make less than twenty five thousand dollars and you're sixty two, your premiums will be fourteen thousand
2: mm-hmm. dollars.
1: I'm sorry, deductible. I missed deductible. No, I'm These sorry. The two premium are very different things. I apologize. The, the amount first you one's pay? Correct. I got it right. The first one. You have
2: to pay fifteen thousand dollars year for to be insured,
1: and you're only making twenty something.
2: Right on. Um,
1: yeah. What that, if they actually have an actual, like, you know, they're going to have tons of pills. Old people are going to be really sick. They're going to end up paying even more than that, probably.
2: Right. But the portion of the amount of health care that they use in proportion to what they're paying is ridiculously minimal. Okay. So a so, a, a, a normal person these days, if you're going to buy a decent health care policy, you're going to be paying about $700 a I'm month. I'm not
1: going to argue that old people will be paying more. I'm saying they're paying, through this bill, they will be paid... Five times more than usual. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, they'll be paying in five times more than necessary. Yeah. Also, that's another interesting cap. You know that that was decreased, by the way. I think you might like this policy, but the insurance um, companies are allowed to now charge five times as much for older people than younger people, whereas mm-hmm. with Obamacare was three times as much. Right on. So the insurance companies can make more money.
2: Uh, I think A, might, Again, yeah, insurance companies can't make more money, but well, yeah. That is, uh, they can
1: uh, overcharge for premiums.
2: Right, right. But uh, legally, it it still gets to the point that, uh, first off, we are uh, our baby boomers are uh, becoming uh, or have always been the larger section. Our baby boomers are getting to retirement now, and they have not replaced themselves with a new generation. So we are to a point in our history where we can no longer afford the younger people to be paying for the older people because now for the first time we have more older people than we do younger people. There's no question
1: that the numbers are not working out to our, you can look at our deficit and that's fucking clear. But should we be cutting Medicaid? That's that's a question. And then you can either say yes or no. And if you agree that that that's yes, then you could probably be on board with the bill.
2: Well, I can agree that that's yes in that if we follow the uh, the bill presentation that I saw that there would be risk pools created for those people, then there's a reason for cutting Medicare. We're cutting Medicare because we're cutting Medicaid. those... Medi- I'm sorry, Medicaid, you're correct. For poor uh, people. Right, right. Yeah. So the reason we would be cutting the Medicaid for poor people is because we are going to create a separate system for them. We're going to create this risk pool system that doesn't necessarily exist in healthcare currently, that does exist in other forms of insurance. Um, so think, the idea um, was to I, subsidize this risk pool. I understand your pool. point,
1: but I think the high-risk pool has nothing to do with income. Um, it has to do with pre-existing conditions. Oh, I thought
2: it was both, but yeah, maybe I could no, be off I'm on that. No, I'm pretty sure
1: it's just pre-existing conditions okay. is the high risk. It's just the fact that you have a, a disease.
2: Okay, then poor people die.
1: Yeah, and old people can't afford their care, yeah. so they'll probably die.
2: Well, these are the least useful members of society. But like they if just that
1: and decrease the surplus population. Like I said,
2: if I was president, you guys wouldn't want to vote for me. Well, you're Cartman. Yeah, basically. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not going to vote for you. But you yeah. can vote for me? Would you vote for me? Uh, Would you vote for Derek? Yeah, probably. I vote, uh, yeah. <laughs> vote for you, Derek. Uh, I'm going to win. Would yeah. you vote for O'Brien?
2: Um. Yes, because he'd never get anything done.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have to end on that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Argue what everything means. When
0: the politicians keep politicking Just. before you turn to excessive drinking. Spend some time collectively. Politickering with the show where I don't know, man. It's like a two for one episode. The truth is, yep. I don't know, man. Until that happen Hey,
3: mom, you're probably the only one I listening
2: still. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Derek's mom. <laughs> That's okay. You're always welcome. My mom's first. Hi, Nancy. answer i Good honor. Oh,
0: man.
2: Be sure to contact us on Twitter at Pella Tinkering. You can contact uh, at text before calling as well, or email us at PellaTinkering at gmail.com. Uh, Joseph Bonnier at, at Joe Bonnier. Oh, holy shit. You got it right. J-O-E-B-O-N-I-E-R. Right on. And uh, Derek? Should... I should plug my stuff now. I'm yeah,
3: plugging my shit. stuff. Plug Here we stuff. go. Okay. So a couple of things. Uh-oh. Uh, for one, I am uh, at Derek Laporte. Mm-hmm. That's on t- the Twitter. I also have- Derek Laporte. The, the yeah. I also have another podcast, Hollywood Verge whoa, podcast. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. No, I'm plugging <laughs> my other podcast. It's okay. Whoa. That's, uh, that's uh, fighting it's words. It's just <laughs> about like festival films. Um for my festival that I run, what was it? And again? then a uh, Holy- Hollywood Verge. Yeah, hmm. if you just search that, you can, you can find it. And then uh, how often is that? Uh, I, it's not as often as it should be. Let's go there. Right. <laughs> I, uh, it's w- probably um, I do. We do probably about two a month, and it's just we discuss like festival movies that we've watched and try and give it like filmmakers kind of exposure. Oh, uh, who've submitted to the festival? It's like an awards festival. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, other than that, also I participated in a uh, Resist Jam, which is a game jam about making games for resisting authoritarianism. <laughs> uh, wow! And uh, nice. yeah, and I I made a game in like a it was like over a week, and I made a game in a week, and now it's it's actually on itch.io, it dot io, and it's uh cafe in. Uh, in Fierno, which is in Spanish, but you can do co- you can put in parentheses coffee in hell and it'll show <laughs> up. And you're gonna play my game on there and leave a comment if cafe
1: en Fierno. Ca- cafe
3: in with E N E N, right? And then Fierno in Fierno. You can also say which co- is coffee hell. in hell. Yeah, coffee in hell. Okay, and you're, you're good to go. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, play play my game if you can. Yeah, play his game.
2: Yeah, everyone should play Derek's game. And uh, check out all the shows on Fawcast Network at, uh, yes, at Fawcast.com. That's F-A-U-C-A-S-T <laughs> dot com. We got the uh, Text Before Calling. Oh we got Paula God. Tinkering. We uh, got uh, Going Down on South Park. We got Literally Literary and Wild Wild West world. And also Yuri <laughs> uh, has a website. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Yuri Gagarin, the cat at gmail.com. No, that, he should have yeah. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the wonderful world of Yuri.